Hello. Um, I think we're now live. Um, sorry if you tuned into the first version, which um, I don't know what I did, that it was wrong. So you probably got a mangled. Um, <clears throat> let's just forget that happened. Oh dear. Sorry. <coughs> Day two. And I was, if you saw the first version of day two, I was saying I didn't have tremendous symptoms, but yeah, I do actually, got to think of it. I have a, a bad cough and I also have, um, I had a bit of a weird rash, pleasant, um, but you know, that might not be COVID, it might just be me having a weird rash. Um, what else is going on? Um, I do seem to be able to spontaneously fall asleep. Um, I've had five goes, and I've got all the way through now, of watching one episode of The Bay, uh, the final episode. And I kept waking up um, at, at a different point at the end that revealed, um, annoyingly, another bit of plot. But, but eventually, I, it was like a jigsaw puzzle. I pulled it all out, watched it again. Um, but I, I've got a book to read now. So, oh, ooh, I'm reading this. Um, I'm not very far on way through. Um, it's called The Thursday Murder Club. Ooh. You see, this is what happens. I, I, technology is not my friend. Um, <coughs> the good thing about the book is when you fall asleep, you drop it. And um, yeah, you could, just doesn't keep going without you. So I might give that a bit of a read. Um, I've got a breeder screening hopefully coming up this afternoon. Um, so, um, I think I may have lived, I, I'm going to have to check, um, but Annette, are we talking, or is that tomorrow? Uh, I lost track of time. Um, I've got a couple of other people who have said yes, but haven't actually said when, so if you are a reader, please do sign up to tailwise.com, because um, I'd love to talk to you. And um, what is a breeder screening? It sounds possibly quite painful doesn't it? it sounds like the sort of thing you, you you know don't want to do when you get the letter from the gp but you should because it's, it's good for you don't go avoiding those regular tests now a breeder screening really is a zoom call where i ask the person to tell me why they got interested in dogs and we'd start chatting and um yeah this is my ideal job really is just talking to people about their dogs and get to know their ethos, their ethics, their difficulties and their um, yeah things that um, we might be able to help with because it is hard at the moment if you're a good breeder weighing up whether or not to have that litter uh, because you know you're worried about post-covid world if there is such a thing let's hope um anyway yeah so a breeder screening is it's really just a chat where we make sure we're on the same page both love dogs i'll be asking things like what happens to your your dogs when they're too old to have pups um do they have um a, a full life with you um what happens next and um yeah loads of little things what health tests do you do 
why. And at Tellwise, we take a holistic approach to the dog. Um, it's not just a tick box exercise of do every test that's ever been invented in the whole world. Um, you know, there are other factors as well. There's COI, um, how inbred a dog is. Um, you've really got to keep your eye on the whole thing with the health of dogs, temperament and health, because there's loads of emerging problems that there are no tests for. And a breeder that um, just blanks out carriers of conditions, um, yeah, needs to, needs to have, I think, really, because gene pool getting smaller means chances of bad things happening um, go up. And um, most of the people I speak to are absolutely bang on on this. But when you talk to the general public, their concept of health testing um, really needs some education. And that's one of the things we do in our screening with potential buyers is tell them that a puppy um, health testing of parents, it, it's, not, it's not very often binary. It's not, you know, get your hips and your elbows done. That's great, yeah, you, you're doing the best for the breed, but you can get a fluke, you can get a, a throwback, you can get um, perfect hips, can produce bad ones. You have to be aware that when you buy a dog, you're buying a sentient being. You're not um, buying a fridge. Um, and you and the breeder have to be on the same page and you have to trust them and you have to believe in them. And if both are doing, if both you and the puppy buyer are doing the very, very best. Um, you're a team, your co-parents of a puppy. Um, yeah, things can go wrong, even to the best, best breeders. And breeder, people who buy puppies need to know that health testing um, can prevent some problems, but it can't prevent you having a sickly puppy because there's fate as well. And yeah, you have to be prepared. You have to be aware that, you know, yeah, readers are human as well as um, buyers. And we'll be in the middle talking to both sides, making sure that both appreciate each other's point of view and um, go into any puppy ownership, eyes wide open and supported by, um, yeah somebody who cares um, and we only want breeders who care and we only want puppy owners who really care too so and it's free for breeders come on um and you don't have to give up doing anything else anyway enough enough me going on and on and on, and on about the same thing yeah my husband's got a very very sore throat today um he had a very 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 sore throat yesterday is it getting worse i don't know but it's like, um, he says, it's like having a load of razor blades down his throat, which I, I don't know what that feels like, but it must be absolutely awful. I, I don't have a sore throat. I've got a, a really um, a, a horrible cough. Um, and I've got aches and pains from coughing. You know, those where you, you, you pull muscles because you've coughed so, so spectacularly. And sometimes I'll get a coughing bit where I'll suddenly go all woozy because you just cough too much. But before and it wasn't COVID so but this is COVID so, I'm, I'm hoping I'm going to 
get through this without too much trouble. Um, oh, I think I'm being, hello, Graham. Sorry, I'm just recording. Um, You get a perfect example of the cough. Um, right, what was I going to say? Yeah, I can't remember what I said the first time and what I said the second time because I had a first go at doing this. I've now got loads of logos up to do with the marvelous Stone and the Missing Pets Alliance and Pet Left Awareness, Dog Lost, which are fantastic. Don't wait till your dog is lost to go over to Dog Lost. Register now, get all your details on there, and you will get an email as soon as anything happens in your area. So if there's a dog missing, you'll get an email into your inbox so you can look for it or keep an eye out for it. And you'll also be aware if any dogs have been stolen in your area, and you can be then very, very vigilant and careful. Um, Dog Lost is free and it's a great community. It, it joins together everybody who loves dogs and it's just a fantastic network. Um, I, many of you will know this, but um, many years ago, um, the day after my dad's funeral, Poppy, uh, who was not the brightest bearded collie by a long, long way, uh, and she was quite an old dog and she was, um, Quite a timid dog, you know, and uh, just a sweet, sweet dog. I mean, not we called her Poppy because she could never learn her name. She'd been Puppy, and she just became Poppy. Anyway, we had a professional dog sitter to look after the house and the dogs while we were trying to sell because it was up north. And Mum didn't really like living in the house on her own because she never ever spent a night there without dad. So after the funeral, I packed up the car with Sally, my beardy, and mum, and all her um, suitcases. And we left the dog sitter to look after the house and all the other bearded collies because we had a lot of beardies. Um, and it was all set up for them there. And I can't remember, maybe we had four or five at that stage. I can't remember. There was, there was too many to put in the car with mum and luggage and Sally. It just wasn't going to. And also, my house was too small when I got home. And I, I wasn't, I was already moving my mum in. Um, I just wasn't quite ready for. Well, I wish I had. I wish I'd just put every dog in the car. Anyway, well, um, I was driving, I didn't hear anything. I got all the way down to Ascot and then I got the call to say um, the dog sitter had left the double gates open and Poppy was loose. Um, old Alice had gone a little bit out and then come back in again, um, but had been sensible enough not to wander. Poppy was, yeah old, not couldn't see very well, quite deaf and, and quite sort of skittish, um, was, was now loose in uh, Nosley village, which is just between Liverpool and Manchester in a triangle of the M62, 
the M57 and the A580. So in every direction was danger. And back then it was before the internet. Um, and it was, it was, oh God, it was, it was, um, I think we only, I'd only just got a mobile phone. Um, anyway, I got home, got that call and uh, got back in the car. Um, drove back up with mum <laughs> to start looking. And um, every day, word of mouth, um, more and more people came to help. Um, mum was just so depressed anyway, because dad had died really suddenly. Um, he, she had a lot of, um, yeah, a lot, to, a lot to take in. So she was staying in the house with, I think, Sally and Cleo and uh, um, Alice, the, the other dogs. Um, and I was going out <clears throat> search and it was cold and snowy and um, I was grieving for my dad and grieving for the missing dog. So I was walking around Nosy Village crying, um, which, and Nosy Village is just between Kirby and Hyden. Um, and it, it's very, a mixture of fields and, um, yeah, the pub is called the Pipe and Gannicks because it was Harold Wilson's constituency. Um, and it, I don't think I would, in my normal state, be walking around in the middle of my night on my own, certainly not crying, but, um, it felt the thing to do. So I was out there looking for Poppy. And um, the office, um, the magazine office, um, found out about this very, very early on um, and started bringing around and getting some help for me. And the dog sitting agency um, contacted everyone who'd ever worked for them, who'd ever dog sat for us, because we were serial users and um, millions of them bless them, would come out every day and help search. Leafleting was really comprehensive. This was before Dobloss existed. Dobloss would have been such a help. And um, it got in the local paper, the Liverpool Echo, but um, because it really helps to get publicity when your dog's missing, because um, many people looking really help. And what happened was, uh, because my dad had died um, very, quickly. He'd only been ill for three weeks. Um, and it's a big long story. But he, um, it had been very difficult for us to let everyone know in time of the funeral. So when the newspaper ran the story that said, after my dad's funeral, the dog went missing, the paper reached two different audiences. It reached the people locally who might look for the dog, but it also reached people who up until that point had not been aware that my lovely dad had died. And my dad had touched so many people's lives. Uh, Don, Donald Cuddy, who was, he was such a lovely, lovely man. And he'd inspired so many people and he'd helped lots of people. Um, so every time my phone went, it was, um, I was hopeful it would be a sighting of a dog but very often it would be someone who would be crying, who just heard about my dad, who wanted to talk about him. And um, sometimes it was people who'd be very angry because they felt that 
they were special to my dad and we hadn't managed to tell them that he died and um, they were annoyed and they 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 were very emotional and they have to bend for a bit and then but it was a very very traumatic few days um and i i remember um people saying to me you really should give up she's an old dog it's cold out there she won't have survived there's so many roads she could have been run over on and um you know just go home you've lost your dad go home and um i remember um a call really late from um, katie boyle um who wrote our um our agony and column and she um she was also the Eurovision lady and she's a very beautiful and intelligent lady, very forthright. Anyway, she she phoned me up and said, I have a strong feeling you will find her. You must keep going. And um, you know, you don't mess with Katie Boyle. Katie was the one who taught me about parking angels. Um, and I'll tell you about it now because it may come in useful when we ever go out again. But um I have stress about whether I ever find a parking space, whether I drive forever. And I told Katie about this because I was a reluctant driver. And she said, my dear, you can borrow one of my parking angels if you like. And I said, mm, what's that? She says, well, and she had many, um, she was married many times. She was a very beautiful woman. Um, and she had outlived all her husbands and she, was convinced that they were all up there scouting for parking spaces for her. So whenever I was um, looking for a parking space, I was to summon a parking angel to book ahead so that I would always get a space. And um, well, I've now used parking angels for other things too. I, when my son was doing exams, I'd say, parking angels are actually very good at this subject, just if you get stuck. Not you know why not? So anyway, so Katie had said, "Yeah, keep going." Um, everyone else had said, everyone else who wasn't doggy had said, "Don't be so bloody stupid. Stop risking your life walking on your own and um, acting like a mad woman." Um, but so I was out there still. Anyway, I, I think I'd gone home um, with some chips. Don't know why. I think possibly we had no food. Um, because the house was empty. Oh, by the way, the dog sitter had um, had a meltdown. Um, I I have I have some sort of problem where when you should be justifiably very very angry with people, I'm not very good at venting. And so when I drove all the way up to Liverpool to um, be greeted by the dog sitter who had left the double gates open, it was like a safari park house we were next to the safari park i think it was our inspiration but we had like a double entry thing where you had to go close one gate before you close the next so it was unconceivable how someone could leave both gates open um i should have just shouted at him and said you absolute moron why have you done this but it did, instead i didn't and apparently that was worse because apparently my um my anger being suppressed was bad for his nerves and he told me that um, it's only a dog and that he couldn't live for the guilt 
So off he went and left us to it, which I thought was, yeah. well, a life lesson. I should have just shouted that in. Um, right, okay, I've lost track of where I was in the story. Yeah, okay, so I'm out there getting chips for the mum. Um, I could bring it back, mum's just, you know when somebody's just so full of grief they can't begin to um, function? I mean, these they had the longest marriage and, you know, they, they bickered, you know, of course they did, but, you know, she just, I never really anticipated being on her own and it was taking a lot of catching up. Anyway, I came in with the chips and um, I don't know, we just don't think we had many of them. And then um, in the early hours, the phone went, maybe about three or four o'clock in the morning. We weren't going to bed. I don't know why. We were just sitting in the, in the lounge. Um, I don't think we... I think we were, sort of, we were both behaving like children. We just didn't really feel safe. Um, we didn't want to go upstairs. We just we just didn't feel safe in our own home somehow. It was weird. Um, anyway, the phone went and um, I got this call. It said, um, I'm, um, I'm over the road and there's a little industrial estate. And I said, they said, we think we've seen Poppy. Um, and we received the flyers, the flyers say that She's very timid, so we shouldn't approach her. So I just thought I'd phone you. Um, you do you want to come? Um, we'll see if we can help. And I, I, my mum is in the background going, it could be a murderer. Don't, don't go out in the middle of the night on your own. I said, don't worry, I'll take the dogs. I'll take, um, I'll take Cleo with me and Sally. I'll leave you with Alice. I don't know why safer with the dog. So I drove over to the industrial estate with um, the chips, the remainder of the chips, Cleo and Sally. And um, this lovely person who was um, on the night shift in one of the factories had by then talked to everyone else in the factory who was working and some people from other factories that were working overnight because I think they printed the newspapers there for um, for News International, I'm not sure. I might be making that up and they may be doing that now, but they were small industrial units anyway, or big ones, and they did 24 hours. So some people had got into cars and um, they all were working like a, a team. And we, we, we did sort of a pincer movement um, to make it so that Poppy ran into a space where the only way out really was to come towards me. But as you know, when dogs get lost, they go a bit, go a bit stare crazy and they don't look at people and they just panic. And um, I had the chips, I had Cleo and I had Sally who were Poppy's relatives. And I was thinking, well, she might pick up one of these things. And it was, you could see her poor little face, so scared. Um, and then all of a sudden, she something worked, whether it was the smell of the chips or the smell of the Clio, and um, she came towards me. And I still don't know how I managed to do it, but I, I, I picked her up. Um, I must have had chips and dog's needs and everything, but when I grabbed her, um, she let out this sigh. It was just the nicest sigh I've ever, ever, ever heard. And it, it's with me to this day the sigh of relief 
that she was found. And um, yeah, I bundled her in the car, took her home. Um, and oh, it was just floods of tears, everyone was crying. You know, all the factory workers that had come out from their shifts, probably risking being fired. Um, it all helped me catch her. And it was just like the most amazing happy ending after so many days of torture. So every time I see a, a dog that's lost, I get a bit PTSD. I remember what it felt like. And I will show you what it felt like to get them back. Oh, it's, it's amazing. Anyway, the next morning packed up all our belongings and all the dogs and we all drove down to a tiny little house in Sunning Hill. And um, we all lived, well, relatively happily ever after. There was far too many dogs for a very, very, very small space, but we were all safe. So that's my little story. Join Dog Loss now. Help other people recover their beloved dogs. And do join the Stolen and Missing Pets Alliance because, yeah, yeah, it's only a dog. No, a member of our family. I mean, I, I had the, the dual experience of the grief of my beloved father and my beloved dog. And it was, it was, yeah, one I could get back, one I couldn't. And they were both as strong in, because they're my heart, it's your heart, isn't it? The things you love. And the thing with a dog being missing as well is that they're vulnerable and they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're missing. And, oh, she was never quite the same. Um, she always, um, yeah, she, she always looked at me as if to say, you know, I'm not letting you out of my sight. And um, gosh, she had some scrapes on her. She was, um, she'd obviously run through hedges and all sorts of things and got scratches and scrapes. And, but yes, she was alive. And uh, her timidness probably made her survive because she hid most of the time and only came out at night. Publicity does help. And in those days, we didn't have any evil tech thieves. But um, she did look like, um, I mean, she hadn't eaten for so many days, she hadn't drunk. She was in a terrible state. Um, it took us ages to comb through. The, oh. But she ended up back with a beautiful coat. She lived to a good old age. She was Sally's daughter, actually. But Poppy was also one of my favourite Poppy stories is when she was a little, um, a, a little dog. And she came to stay with me once in Windsor. Um, she got a coat hanger caught in her hair. And I only discovered this because she was upstairs and I was downstairs. Because I could hear this really strange noise. And I went upstairs to find that Poppy was running away from the coat hanger and was bouncing over the bed and the walls, trying to, trying to get away from um, the coat hanger. Yes, she was so sweet, totally daft. Anyway, I think I've talked enough. I need a cup of tea. Um, I'll tune back in tomorrow and hopefully I'll still be um, doing okay. I'm, um, when I'm not coughing, I'm okay. And when I'm, um, I slept well, I'm, I'm keeping, I've got 
um, the Pulse thingy bomb that everyone wanted me to get. So I already had it. Um, I'm doing it about, um, well, let's see what I am at the moment. Ooh, is that back the front for you or is it the right way around? That's 95. I, I seem to be square, pretty squarely at 95. On a normal day, I'm more like um, 98, 99. So there's obviously something. Being worse. Fingers crossed. I'm only going to get it lightly. We had one more person test positive, um, but that was someone at, um, at, from Perfectly Happy, Sam. Um, but he's not been in the office for a week. So they might have got it from somewhere else. But still, I, I can't help but be a bit Agatha Christian and go, well, where did it come from? Who, who was the first person to get it? But, you know, it's bloody bulbous, isn't it? Just to make sure you don't pass it on to anyone else, really. Right, so there you go. That's me in a nutshell. And uh, I'm going to go and have a cuppa. And I'm going to read my book in a minute as well. And Richard Osman. Anyone else read it yet? The Thursday Murder Club. Steven Spielberg has optioned it uh, before. And Richard Osman's that um, very tall chap on Countdown, who's the one sitting down, the Alexander Armstrong, and also does the fantastic um, House of Games on which I've got another one of my favourites. This is the first novel he's ever written, and it's um, the third best hardback bestseller, of surely not all time, but it's sold a lot of books. And um, before it was even published, Steven Spielberg optioned the film rights for it. Now, as it's set in an old people's home, it seems unlikely, doesn't it? But, um, well, I'm hoping it's a page turner. Right, I'm off. Um, I can't see whether anyone said hello to me because I decided to look at the current Zoom rather than the live. Oh, snotty, snotty. snotty. Now, here we go. I'm going to have a quick look at the comments to make sure that nobody asking a question. Oh, it's a good sat. That's lovely. Um, the postman brought the dog back. That's lovely. Cantrell Farm. Used to be called Cantrell Farm, or the locals called it Cannibal Farm, which uh, was amusing. Um, but it got a remake. It got a rename. And a, you, know, like a, you know, like we did with um, the nuclear reactor. Yeah. Um, yes. Oh, well, we're, we're not doing too bad, really. Thank you, everybody, and uh, I'll tune back in tomorrow with less of a, a long anecdote, I should imagine. I didn't expect to tell you the story of Poppy, but um, it's one of my, it's got a happy ending, so it's a good story. Okay. Bye-bye, right, everybody. Do sign up to Dog Lost, and if you're a nice breeder who's really good, check in at Tailwise, and then I can book um, a, a jolly chat with you. Okay. Bye-bye.